to the Strip Down Know Nothing podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're a bummer or a ball, from I can, I will, I do, to alcohol, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. Under the stage lights at the Bellagio, he's got your card. It's my co-host, Evan. A rabbit in a top hat, a handkerchief and ring with a wave of a wand. He'll pull it on this podcast. It's my co-host, Saker. <laughs> I'll pull down this podcast? Is that what you said? Yeah, pull the, pull down the podcast. That's how we do it, right? <laughs> it's like an old now, um, an old timey thing. You know how like old people refer to like the remote as the clicker and stuff like that. And sure. It's just it's just an artifact from an earlier time, back when uh, it's like an old timey radio. You had to like crank start the podcasts like before. You know, you like sure. crank start those old boiler motors. Well, a podcast yeah. you had to not a po- they didn't call them podcasts back in the day. They called them um, they called them voice voice slingers. So you gotta mm-hmm. to get your voice sling all started. You gotta pull down that big rubber band and get it all down the vocal band, and sure. then you just gotta you gotta you gotta yank it all down as hard as you can. And uh, mm-hmm. you just had to have someone instead of like just like clicking a button or something. They had to have like a strong man uh, in like a uh, um, tank top and tight culotte pants uh, mm-hmm. and a and a mustache, whole and, and slicked back hair. Uh, hold it down the whole time and that's why the radio if you'll remember back in the day uh, that's one of the reasons why cds are only allowed to have 77 minutes on them is because that is the maximum amount of time a strong man or woman uh but they only used men back then but uh you know in the 70s we got the it's women also time. able to hold down the bands sure, so, sure. yeah so um yeah so the maximum amount of time this this the strongest man could hold down that rubber band right okay with 77 minutes Sure, yes. absolutely. That checks out. And that's why CDs are that long, because that's the length of old podcasts. That's the length of anything, anything that can be recorded, yes. <laughs> Got it, okay. You, I was, you had me, I was totally believing you up until that moment, and I thought, wait a second, there's a flaw in the logic of this story. That doesn't make any sense. Why would you put a podcast on a CD? Though, to be honest, I have bought a podcast on a CD before. Yeah. Is that weird? No, no. It's like all those cool hipsters buy like records because sound fidelity is a lot better on podcasts. So, That's uh, true. You just got to press, press your podcast. I know at least two podcasts that have released vinyls of segments of their podcast before, which is pretty crazy. That seems uh, masturbatory. (laughs) I mean, hipsters will buy. It is is exclusively for hipsters. Yeah. Um, And I've got nothing against a good hipster. I I don't mind mind a hipster. Like they're, they're the ones like bringing back artisanal cheeses and like having chickens in their backyard and like mixing drinks with like old fashions and shit you know there's nothing wrong with that grow your mustache out dude you don't bother I me i guess it's it's but it's a relic of a time that they it's nostalgia for a time that they never enjoyed or lived in right yeah. and as a historian i completely appreciate that that's true okay that that makes sense to me i'm surprised you don't have like a artisan mustache and uh buy wax for uh, it and if i grow a mustache i look like a dad even though i am a dad i don't <laughs> i don't want to look too much like one I would never guess that you are a dad. You don't seem very dadly. Yeah. Does that seem weird? Yeah, I'm constantly like talking about how I'm gonna kill children. That's my thing. Is like you're saying. I'm like, oh god, see those see those kids on the monkey bars? I just want to saw their head off. <laughs> As you're hanging around at the playground. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You say also, I'm single. I've always been single. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I've never impregnated anyone. <laughs> I'm a right. virgin. I uh, I cannot impregnate people. I have. I'm a eunuch and have no. Uh, genitals whatsoever i'm an angel yes mm-hmm. i am an angel 
you always say to me, my dick shoots peach jam. And I don't understand. (laughs) I mean, I guess, yeah, it makes sense to me now. Yeah, but you love that toast when I serve it to you at home. (laughs) Oh, buddy, do I ever. That toast. That jammed up toast. Uh, and I am will- yeah. willfully not putting two and two together here. I love the peach jam and toast I, I def- you serve me. And exactly. And I like, uh, sometimes before you come over, because I'm a hipster, like I'll eat all that ha- all those jalapenos so I can do the new like jalapeno <laughs> jam thing that you guys like. That's some good shit. A little, it's little jalapeno peach, a little heat with your sweet. So it's always peachy, but you can modify the peach. You can do like a peach pineapple. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. I just got, I have a, um, when I was a, you know, like when you were a kid and your parents said, don't eat the seeds. Mm-hmm. Well, I swallowed like a hundred peach pits and I have like a small <laughs> miniature orchard in my belly. So I get peach belly. Oh, I totally understand. Peach belly is a, a, a pretty severe uh, syndrome. Yeah. This, right. this, this peach affliction that you have, mm-hmm. um, is it something you enjoy or is it something that has cursed your life? It's fine. I mean, like whenever I burp, it tastes like peaches, which is fine. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. I have to like snip the like branch that grows out of my belly button. But other than mm-hmm. that, it doesn't cause me any pain or anything. Never grows out of your throat. No, no, that's, I, I mean, I do have to swallow like a little bit of drain cleaner every day with my breakfast, but it's just like a multivitamin. It's basically a multivitamin for me. Sure. You never wake up at night with like a branch cut, like a horror movie, a branch coming out of your throat that you're choking I do. on. I do, okay. but it has a couple delightful peaches on it. So I just rip oh, that man. thing out and then I just snack on some peaches and go right back to sleep. Man, do you know, speaking of ripping that thing on out, <laughs> the most satisfying feeling in the world is getting down on your hands and knees, gardening, which I hate doing, finding a real fucking satisfying weed and pulling that shit out unbroken from tip to taint, that little stem way in the ground, knowing that you've gotten the full pull. Oh, that's a good so, feeling. That's it? So so murder is your... Uh... Your preferred. Just like you enjoy sawing children's uh, limbs I off. I don't. On the I just like talking about it. I'm never going to oh, do anything. Right. That's the difference between action and, and thought, Saker. <laughs> You're right. We're both role players. I should know that by now. Yeah. Everything I, I only draw from experience in in my role playing games. Anything that my characters have done is something that I have done. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. There's there's murder. There's crossbow archery. Death. There's a lot of stuff going on there. I feel bad. Hey, speaking of, we're doing this uh, as we did last week through uh, Zoom. Nope, Skype. Um, I did an entire podcast last night, and then once I was done with the two hour podcast, I realized that I had accidentally been using my shitty computer mic instead of my good mic. That's what Audacity had been oh, recording no. through. Uh, so it sounds like I am speaking through a watermelon in that podcast. What a nightmare the internet is. I hate this. I, I want could to you, be back. Could you speak through a watermelon? I could try. It would sound just as good, I think. It sounded like my mouth was pressed against it and your ear was pressed on the other side. Oh. So now cool. what I'm, I'm going to do is I'm going to re-record everything. I have to. There's no choice. It sucks. Ugh, like a vibrate. I mean, I don't know. I think that a, a watermelon, like a nice hollow watermelon, will give you some good vibration. Maybe oh, some, maybe kick up the bass a couple notches. Rumor has it that's where the Beach Boys came up with the idea for the song "Good Vibrations." Is they had their ears <laughs> pressed to a hollow melon. Well, well, uh, they had all their dicks in a watermelon. <laughs> that's right. And, and somebody hey guys, was somebody was yelling that? on the other side yes. of the watermelon. Ah, <laughs> oh! yeah. "Good Vibrations" um, is about uh, group sex with a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> that's correct while well, one of your fans yells at it uh, it heats it up too but just like almost imperceptibly 
but just it yeah. makes it it's nice it's nice it's good a little, vibrations, a little friction a little yeah, friction a little makes friction. makes everything good mm-hmm. like that was their friction. nickname their yep, nickname for I, that fan was like a little to, friction i like to sprinkle a little sand in my food you know just to get a little friction <laughs> as it slides down my throat <laughs> that's right it's real about the th- i mean food is like what 40 percent taste 60 percent throat feel right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that that's makes why sense. you just that's why you just don't eat something and spit it out right because you want the right. feel of it like slowly sliding down your throat that's correct and that satisfying plop as it hits your stomach Yes, where you know that, like, I'm in now the, finished. In the orchard, in the peach orchard, yeah. I, I don't like that I don't know when my food is in my stomach with regular food. You're right, That that's... I want, like, all my food to have, like, RFID chips in it, so I know exactly <laughs> where it is at any given point in my digestion. I want to yeah, be able to track it, like, like an Amazon package. This is something that you could feasibly do. I yeah, mean, it wouldn't food... be that hard. Those brownies have entered your colon. <laughs> Yeah, 12.01 p.m. Brownies have entered large intestine. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, that that 100% makes sense. Um, I have, I, I glued, I super glued some sandpaper behind my eyelids because Ooh. my blinks were a little too fluid. Yeah, you, now, don't all, you don't want them too liquidy. Yeah, yeah. Now these blinks are just, they're, they're, they're cheesy as hell. I love it. Yeah, they're mm. really great and cool. they're wonderful. Yeah, thanks, yeah. bud. Uh, speaking of, uh, sandpaper on the eyeballs or sandpaper on the earballs, as our it were. Our guest today is. <laughs> our guest today. Is, Ev, has I vanished. Think... <laughs> oh, shit. We were supposed to have Matt Apodaca and he's gone. Oh, no. Um, have we got to get guests back at some point? We're going to get guests back. We're no. going to do Skype with guests. No. You don't want to? You know how I feel about, you know how I feel about guests. Yeah, I... At the same time, it's the only reason people give a shit about us, is our guests. We gotta bring them back. Why do I... Okay. Okay, I'm... we'll figure it out later. We'll figure it out. You're right, our guest today is vanished. Therefore, we must cover Vanishing. <laughs> Folks, our tune today is called Vanishing. If you've never heard it before, here is a quick sample. Top had a handkerchief and red with the wave of a wand. Ev Bow vanishing. This is this has been it's a long road to get here. We both knew it was coming. I think way back mm-hmm. in um maybe even maybe you should drive or born on a pirate ship days, you said that vanishing was your favorite bare naked lady song. Yeah. Does vanishing remain your favorite bare naked lady song? Yeah. Um, my question for you is if, if you were a magician, what, what would be your trick? What would be your like showstopper? What would be my showstopper? Um, let's see. So what sort of things do magicians do? They have the rings that they combine. Anything, man. It's a magician. Fuck. Okay. So I guess my showstopper is I, um, I, I, I put, I, I take my top hat off. And I start putting the ingredients for chicken cordon bleu in there. I put raw chicken. I put ham. You put I a put live cheese. I, yeah, a live, I, yeah, a live chicken, a live, a live, pig, pig, live pig, and a live cheese. <laughs> and I put them all in there, and I shake my hat up, and then I reach my hand in. And then I'm, like, feeling around, and I don't feel anything. And so I look in my, my hat, 
And then I go, and then I like pretend like I'm about to vomit. Like, oh, whatever's in there is so disgusting. And when I vomit, I vomit up a child. But it's very clear that this child is a clone of myself. Like you look at it and you just go, oh, that's another Saker. And then I take a bow. The baby takes a bow. The curtains close. (laughs) The cordon bleu is what we call the misdirect in magic. You know, you're looking at this hand, but this hand is the one where I'm doing the magic. What would you do? What's your big showstopper Um, of? I was thinking, mine's the exact same thing, um, (laughs) except um, like, you know, I put the chicken in there. I put the uh, pig in there. I put the the cheese in there. um, Mm -hmm. A little bit of breadcrumbs or whatnot. Okay. and I reach my hand in and I'm just like feeling around. And now next thing you know, I'm up to my elbow and then like I'm up to my mm-hmm. entire, my entire arms in there and I'm just rooting sure. around and I pull it out and my hands like all sticky. And I just like look at the audience and I'm like, what the, mm-hmm. like, it's just like a fuck, what the fuck look like that's, that's called bringing them in. So like something's going wrong with my trick, but I'm not sure. So I'm just like, you know what? I just shake my head. I'm pissed off. So I just hammer my hand all the way into there. And then mm-hmm. suddenly everybody in the audience jumps because something has touched their butthole. Okay, got it. And then they like look down under their seat and what do they see? Perfectly prepared chicken cordon blue underneath their seat on a plate. Fuck, that's so good. Because I always uh, like to leave my audience with a treat. Sure, something they can walk away with that yes. night. And uh, like... oh, and uh, for any vegetarians in the audience, it'll be like a it'll be like a vegan cordon bleu. Sure, absolutely. With is there like it's on a plate with like maybe a side of peas and uh, or is it just the cordon bleu? It's just the cordon bleu, but if they don't eat it right away, more stuff will continue to accrue upon the plate as the as the show goes on. Oh, good. It is on a plate. Okay, I wondered if it was just cordon bleu on the dirty floor of the theater. Yeah, it's definitely on, it's it's on a blue plate. It's a blue plate special. Okay, sure, got it, got it. I like that. So because this before is a... at the beginning of the show, I make a big show of throwing plates into the audience, like just right. whipping them in there. <laughs> and I hurt a lot of people. I hurt them, and they're taken from the show. And you know what? Sure. Those those people were those those people are racists. Yeah, um, they didn't deserve every seat. single one of them will later be to be found on twitter to have like posted racist tweets now is this part of your trick did you yeah. post the racist tweets yeah because i go and i research everybody in my audience um not to like cold not to hot read them or anything just to like throw plates at racists <laughs> sure oh oh i thought and you like, threw a plate. everybody who just left was a member of Stormfront. <laughs> I thought you threw a plate and whoever you hit, you then did a magic trick where you posted racist tweets on their account so that they would look like a racist. No, that's that's a horrible thing to do. Why? It would justify your plate throwing. I don't know what links you'll go to. I go to zero links. I just throw a plate <laughs> at a racist. Some shows, I don't hit anybody. But a lot of times I hit about 10 to 20% of the audience. It's a good trick. I gotta say, yeah. it would it would get me. It's the Evan Dick and yeah. it's the Evan Dick and 4D. Exp- Have you ever been to a 4D theater where they like shoot shit in your face while you're watching? Yeah, yeah. Like it's like they blow like warm air and like smells at you. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Ev. Hey, important question. You used to say this was your favorite BNL song. Is that still true? This is still my favorite BNL song. Really? That's it? It's it's just okay. your favorite BNL song. Period. So far. I mean, there might be a better one coming up that I haven't heard yet. What? So this trumps uh, uh, Upside Down. This trumps all that shit. Vanishing. Yeah, I think I enjoy Upside Down. I enjoy alcohol. But I don't. I think this one doesn't sound like BNL at all to me. And yeah. It's not that I don't like... Yeah, it's not that I don't like BNL, but this sort of like tickles my like alt-rocker 90s kid sort of shit. 
alt rocker. This is the most easy listening song I've ever heard. Nah, nah. Acoustics blended with mushy electric guitar. I, I mean, that's like uh, I, I. That's like pretty straight. It's like alt rock verging into emo slash navel gazing, which is like right where I was at, high school wise. Yeah, there's definitely some emo and navel gaze in here, but it it feels very adult contemporary. It feels very sort of um, uh, uh, uh I, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to uh to categorize exactly what it feels like, but it definitely doesn't feel like a, a rock song to me. Um, hmm, interesting. That's okay. I'm not gonna fault you for what you've thought. I think your <laughs> thoughts are okay, Evan. Fault me only um, for my deeds. <laughs> that is correct. Um, I just I I I remember that vanishing is a song. I remember it's a Kev song, mm-hmm. but I that's all I remembered about it. Going back, I I maybe you hyped it a lot for me. Maybe I thought this is Ev's favorite. This is gonna be fucking great. This song was kind of a a plop, and not a plop in the way that we usually say plop, where a song fucking plops. This song just kind of plopped for me. <laughs> I don't know. There wasn't a whole that's, lot to it. That's fair. Um, if this uh podcast has shown me anything about you it's that your tastes are garbage so you, know. <laughs> you knew that long before you have to make me drinks right. with sprinkles in them or else i won't drink them you know my taste is garbage yes, yes i got a blast of sprinkles in there yes you do um but i don't i don't know what what stood out to you about this song or was it the fact that nothing stood out no it wasn't that it was i think that for me it just hit me on a very like it just hit me just right and, you know, like, I'm totally death of the authoring this because, yeah, it's a song about a magician and a doomed love affair. Who cares? You know, what happens mm-hmm. in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's what Kevin mm-hmm. wrote the song about. Um, but, like, on a personal level, it hit me just right. Like, I'm an author and, like, a GM and I'm, like, a big imagination boy. Like, I spend most mm-hmm. of my day thinking about orcs and shit. Right? <laughs> so the song's not about a wizard or a sorcerer. It's about a magician. So a magician, and I'm about to take you through this like step-by-step. Step, Please. How it hit I me, Cause this is like, this is really intricate. Um, this unpacking in my brain, this is like a therapy okay. session for me. So a magician does illusions, right? So there are amazing things that seem amazing, but aren't real. Right. Sure. So like as a game master, as an author, as somebody who like daydreams a lot, I'm sort of in that position vis-a-vis myself and okay. these would be my relationship to the world like i can make anything happen anything i want happen to us in a story or in a, on the gaming table or whatnot and people react happily towards it like you know people right. like reading what i write and people like playing my games so now let's take this back about 15 years so i have a very like vivid memory of my dad when my dad was dying of cancer i remember imagining him better like daydreaming about what we would do, what we would talk about, how things would go. And I still have those days like where I just like sit for a solid 15, 20 minutes and just like imagine talking to my dad over beers, you know? And so I remember just like hoping and wishing like, like, so I'm so powerful within my own inner world. I can make anything happen, but ultimately I'm just a magician. Like it's none of it's real. None of it has any real power. And I remember just thinking that like, I can do anything I want in my head, but I can't affect none of my hopes affect the real world. Like hoping for something isn't the same as working for it. It isn't the same as like curing cancer. And so I was the magician and he was the one vanishing no matter what I did. He's a magician, hoping, wishing, and 
Christ, yeah, that's some so, serious death of the author, yeah. Yeah, so that's why this song brought tear to my tears to my eyes and still does on occasion. Ev, you are uh, certainly one of the smartest people I know. Um, no, I'm not. I'd like, okay, you're right. You're a dumb shit idiot. You know um, Neil deGrasse <laughs> Tyson and um, <laughs> I don't know uh-huh. any other geniuses I can just name. Uh, off Bill Nye, head. but but not the science guy. No, I know Davy Jones. You do the you yes. do the genius podcast with real geniuses. It's correct. Um, see, here's the thing: you're so smart, and I feel like you've got it so together. But when you say stuff like that, I realize that you are just like three, like maybe like a week of bad days away from going off the deep. Like I could see you. Last week we talked about how. If you can remember playing the Yakuza series in Limbo, then you can replay the Yakuza series. I feel like, Ev, there's there's a version of you a year in the future when things go wrong where you are just like, uh, uh, what is the, like, uh, diving bell and butterfly, like, locked into your own brain. And, like, cause, because there's a better world in there and you're you're envisioning it. That that freaks me out that that you've had uh, thoughts. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like that's who you could be. I'm just holodecking it, man. But the thing is, like, <laughs> in my that's when. Wait, is that when you take a shit on the top part? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's when you take a shit on the uh, um, primary uh, exhaust manifold, and then the uh, sure. the holodeck sprays it all over the. Uh... <laughs> the thing is, you could be in a holodeck that's full of shit, and you'd never know. No, of course, it smells like roses. <laughs> Oh man, that's I want to do Roses by Outcast. That's the song I feel like doing this week. Should we do that one instead? Sure. Sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, a, yeah. I basically plumbed everything I want from this song. Okay, but you just wanted to give that explanation of why you liked it so much. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm like, surprised there were no keys in it though. Like Kevin's such a piano boy and there were there was no there was no keyboard at all. Yeah, yeah, it's it's got some like chill vibes, but you're right. There's no keyboard. Very surprising. Um, see, but lyrically though, I think I I think the most facile version of this is taking it literally, right? Like you know, yeah. this magician who falls for a woman, and I think there's some other or man. world or man. You're right. Um, there's there's some other world in which uh, uh, I think the magician is a metaphor. Where, you know, this is a guy who can do things that other men can't do. Mm-hmm. Like, he can he can make things appear. He can float upside down. Was your metaphors for... I don't know what, because it's very unclear. He's floating upside down below a chandelier Wishing... But- so it's it's this like playboy who maybe falls for a woman seriously for the first time, but she's not having it. So it's like maybe his first experience at losing something important to him, mm-hmm. which maybe isn't so far from your explanation. Um, so I kind of I, I like I like the magician being a metaphor. Yeah, it's about it's about being powerful in one avenue, but that power not translating to something you actually want. Yes, it's it's uh, it's the story of Elon Musk falling in love with a barista who rebuffs him. And yeah, it's basically the plot of a romantic comedy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And Except that they don't end up to, together. That brings us to this week's romantic comedy. No, wait, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We'll get to there. Not yet. Um, not yet. We'll get there. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't. Yeah. And then Elon Musk would name like spaceships after her or some mm-hmm. shit. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of stuff where I feel like. 
like we're missing keys here, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's just questionable decisions that they make that did that just every single one of them hit me the wrong way. Like Kev doubling his voice. Mm-hmm. I feel like doubling your voice is kind of a Bernicked Lady staple. Every so often you'll do it with some songs, but somehow Kev doubling his voice makes it sound less potent yeah. to me. He whispers them each night into a lion's ear under the stage lights at the Bellagio. It's like you're doubling the impotency of Kev. It doesn't make it stronger. Oh, it's just okay. So you're like bad. okay. So he goes from Kevin's voice is a gentle breeze, mm-hmm. and if you double a gentle breeze, you get a strong wind. And that's not what we want from this song or from Kevin. We want a gentle breeze, is what you're saying. Yeah, I feel like it's a gentle breeze. Uh, one of Ke- the one Kevin is a gentle breeze, and the other Kevin is like a light mist. And now it's <laughs> cold and wet on my face, and I don't want this. And yeah, I don't know. This is just. And then there's something like uh, when when there's the drum fill that Ty does. There's a weird like line in noise, very faintly like just some weird shit happening that none of it made any sense to You're me. You're the one that I You are I don't know. There's, there's so much about this song that doesn't make sense to me. Huh. Um, well, the, uh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. That's, I forgive you. Here's the one thing I, I want. I feel this... personally responsible for this. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, this song seems tailored towards you. Um, and, and part of the part of why it might be tailored towards you is I feel like there's an air of mystery about it, right? Like this mm, song is I kind of. Mysteries. Of course you. Well, actually, wait. I'm the. I'm the no, real no. I hate boy. mysteries. You like mysteries. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, there's there's some there's some. I don't know, je ne sais quoi. And part of that for me is there's something happening and the ending in just the right ear. There's like a line and a half of the song and I couldn't make heads or tails of it. Did you hear that? Yeah, where he's talking, it's it's the reason why I didn't hate the ending. Uh, because he's just mm. he just says you are vanishing an infinite amount of times, but then right. there's like another looped vocal over there. Yes, and I'm not sure what he's saying. I think it's like wherever you may be or something like that. Like <laughs> he's like talking to the vanishing woman. Well, I actually I had to isolate it to figure out what the fuck he was saying. Would you like to know what he's uh-huh. saying? Oh, he's saying God. a rabbit in a top hat, a handkerchief and ring. With a wave of the hand, or with a wave of the wand, he's just repeating the first line and a half of the song <laughs> over again. A rabbit and a top had a handkerchief and ring. With the wave of a wand, pull I was so excited. I was like, "Fuck, maybe this is the key that puts it together for me, and I'm gonna love it because he's giving me this secret message. Maybe it's the start of an mm-hmm. ARG, and we can get the Argonauts on this episode, and like fucking just power through and figure this out." But why is he repeating the first line? It drove me drove drove me nuts. Well, I think that speaks to the magician's experience, where every night you do the same show. Fuck. 
God so be, damn it, that's good. Yeah, not being a magician, Saker, I don't think you can possibly you could possibly like internalize that logic. Ah, oh, God. Because then you are vanishing is happening again and again because that's what's on the forefront of his mind. And in the background, he's just doing mm-hmm. it's the next night and he's doing his show over again, but he's not really thinking right. about it. Right. Fuck. He's just he's he's sort of locked in. His mind is so far away. Yeah. Yeah, that that actually checks in for me a little bit. But I feel like now we're giving them way too much credit. I don't know. I think you're convincing yourself you really loved this song. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. I might be. I might be. I don't know. I, there, There is some stuff that I do love about this song. The shaker sounds fucking great. Comes in on the bridge. I, it's good. You know, like the... He has got your car, but you had to fly home. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like that you're, you're, the things you like about stuff are so like ornamental i guess is the best <laughs> way to put it like the most charitable way to put it you're like oh i really liked when they when they made like that one booping noise that one time really quickly <laughs> it's hard hand claps I, I truly have to find things that i liked about this song or else i'm just going to be very negative right after the chorus there's some chimes that happen very quickly <laughs> i was into those chimes dude they were great I, don't know, I, um, thought, I thought tyler's drums were understated which is good like for once his he was like playing really down on the drums and that's not really in did, his. Did, it's not really what he does that often. Yeah, did you like you liked that he was like just doing like a four four kind of like understated drum beat? Yeah, because I think that if he was doing like a complicated polyrhythm, it wouldn't have worked with the song. Or if he was like rock drumming, it wouldn't have worked with the song either. Right, but shouldn't a band play to their strengths? No. <laughs> okay. Very good. Here's the thing. What, they, they have like, what, 15 tracks on this album to play to their strengths? It's an album format, yeah. right? They're not just going to yeah. churn out one week's. I guess. But this one had such, like, hard B-side energy to me. Like, this yeah. is and the who definition. Love a fucking good, who do, what hipster doesn't like a good B-side? <laughs> you are 100% correct. If this were a good B-side. It is. It's the I, best B-side. I guess, but you, do you know why, Ev? Do you know why hipsters like B-sides? Because nobody else knows about them because they're not on the album, right? Yeah, this one is smack dab in the middle. Here's the thing. Like a magician who does the same show over and over again, you're desperate for uh-huh. novelty. Right? Yeah. Which, yeah. Is why the, which is why a hipster loves a B-side. Not only, I mean, there's a gatekeeping aspect to it. Like, oh, you're not a real fan unless you've listened to, you know, the third track on the, you know, yeah yellow tapes or something right but also you know you get you get to the point where you like a band enough and you've heard their hits so many times that they're just like they wash over you so you want more from the band and you really you really dig into these b-sides and that's that's what this is for that's what vanishing is for that's for everyone all the real fans of bnl to just dig in and be best buds and everyone who doesn't like it can just (laughs) wait outside the gate all the Jorkies and Bubba Hotep in the Bubba world. Ho- Actually, I bet Jorky and Bubba Hotep fucking love this song. That's what I'm saying. They, I'm sure that this is like their yeah. favorite song. So this is like, so another reason why I love this song is it's sort of a trap. Like if you really love this song, <laughs> you go in the gate, and then I just shut the gate on you, and you're trapped in there with Jorky and Bubba Hotep. So I, I feel like every time I've actively disliked a BNL song, not that you've shamed me for it, but you've kind of made it feel like I was gatekeeping. Where I, I don't think necessarily like tiny little song 
if you don't like Tiny Little Song, I think that's okay, right? If you don't like Vanishing, you don't have to like every BNL song. I don't like every BNL song. Are you saying I so, do? Well, no, but then <laughs> what? What are you? Because you're saying like even even. I don't know. What are you saying? You're saying that. So I'm saying that that Vanishing is a good B-side, and like Dat Fodder is not. But you love Dat Fodder. And Tiny Little. I love Dat Fodder <laughs> because I'm contrary and I'm a dick. But okay, I love. I it. genuinely love Vanishing. Got it. Okay, that checks out. Is it genuine or is it ironic? Do you feel like you love it because it's like, oh, this is a song nobody else loves. This little tiny Dude. hurt bird. I literally just put my fucking heart on the table for you earlier in the podcast and told you the reason I love it. And you're like, oh, must be ironic. You know, I guess you don't care about your dead dad is what you're saying. I thought you were, I thought you were making that story about your dad up. Is he oh, really dead? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a delay and it makes me feel bad when there isn't an immediate reaction to the things I've said. I'm like, I have too much time to think about them. I'm friends it's with my dad. <laughs> my dad said I could sell the poop tube. Um, Kev's voice is not doing it for me. I feel like his lack of emotion is hurting this song, right? Okay. I can see um, that. Um, he's Also, I feel like doing some weird emphasis stuff that felt over the edge bizarre to me. One, uh-huh. of, the, one of the lines I pulled out is him like, isn't that the necklace he found? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the necklace he found behind your ear? What are you doing, Kev? Uh, were you into were you into his his sort of enunciation in this song? I didn't really care about it at all. <laughs> it was F- it wasn't it it neither added nor detracted from the song for me. Sure. Give me give me one note that you have on your paper right now. I used them all. <laughs> we're, we're done. All I right. uh, I like most Kev songs. I don't think he could. He doesn't need to repeat the chorus a thousand times. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's that's something we've run across in every Kevin song that we we've ever encountered is that he really does love to just say the chorus. Yeah. Yeah, but that uh, I unfortunately I think that was my favorite. My favorite part of the song was the ending where he just kept like you are vanishing. Uh-huh. You are vanishing. You are vanishing. Right, but then he also but he also does the you are vanishing like four times before that too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he. I don't know. I feel like he could have gone on for another good minute forty-five for me. Yeah, I mean, you are this is a pretty tight song. It's like it's like a three-minute thirteen song. Yeah, is that? I guess yeah. that's pretty tight. Yeah, that's yeah, it's true. Pre- it's pretty tight. I mean, like a lot of BNL songs are like four or five minutes, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, where, like what's so like uh, maybe Katie where they just keep saying what's so maybe about Katie and they just get more and more aggressive over and over again <laughs> like the last like I know I know they cut that on the uh, the release but like it just keeps going they just keep getting angrier and angrier on the version on BNL HTTP I got that one where like all the instruments fade out and then war drums start fading yeah. in <laughs> what so maybe what so maybe about yeah they just keep... they have that uh, that Incan screaming flute yeah where you... until until the until the end when they're just they're all just screaming incoherently like they become 
And it just it just continues for like a minute or two, and you can hear their yeah. vocal cords shredding. And then you can hear like sounds of them like it sounds like they're hitting something soft with a rock. I don't know yes. what it is. But yes, yes, yeah, horrifying. Yeah, they're um, they're, they're killing the weakest member. <laughs> They're killing Bob Cregan, the third Cregan yes. brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, I, like this song, I did like the. I liked how chill it was. I liked the chill vibe immediately. And I also mm-hmm. like, I kind of liked Ed's like crunchy guitar below the surface that indicated to me something yeah. like deeper or scarier or like, I don't know, something down below, like, yeah. like the, the angler fish that lives in the depths. feedback yeah i like that yeah but then there were other times in the song where i felt like ed was just like fucking noodling while the song was happening (laughs) it's like (laughs) kevin was singing and he was just like playing around and practicing and it was wild Uh uh-huh that's fair yeah what a wild song what a weird fucking song uh did you listen to any other versions about it uh no why would i (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i don't know almost this like is, we do that every week on this, this is the podcast. perfect version of the song i didn't want to i didn't want to sully my memory by listening to other versions <laughs> sure uh there's a live version where kevin change you're gonna have no opinion on this why am i even kev changes isn't that the necklace he found behind your ear too if you need to find him he's here year after year which i thought that's perfect that makes the, yeah. that makes the song a thousand times better it does. Like it, 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 it canonizes the idea that he stays put. But it, then mm-hmm. again, it also makes the magician thing more literalism and less metaphor to me. But I guess it could still be a, a metaphor. Like he's well, living whatever he, life he had before. Yeah, and I mean, he, he's a magician. So for all for all of his like fame and fortune, he still is tied to one place where you can jet set around the country. I guess. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, also, the drum fill. Ty's drum fill is not conducive to a live show because there's like a second of pause before he comes in. And of course the audience starts applauding and then Tyler, I, that sucks in songs like that where there's a pause and then you have to like, whoop, uh, hang on guys. Nope. This song is just too chill for this crowd. Uh, just a weird song to do live. Uh, Ev, if you didn't look at YouTube, you also missed out because there is a fucking bad ass Yu-Gi-Oh anime music video to this song. Oh great! It's good as hell, and you—he's uh, he's catching the blue eyes white dragon, and his grandpa loves him. <laughs> That's the two things I know about Yu-Gi-Oh. It's the long and short of it. Apparently, there's some like clown magician uh, villain for some Ooh. arc, and and it's Yugi and the clown and a lot of uh, uh, that shit going on. So it was fun. It was interesting. Uh. Ev, if you don't have anything else, I don't have anything else, but I'm sure you have at least one more thing for me, don't you? Yeah, I got the candy you wanted. <laughs> Give me that candy. Put it in my mouth. Gummy bears, chocolate, Smarties, <laughs> sweet tarts, Hooray! candy corn, licorice, <laughs> yeah. black licorice only. I love black licorice. Depression era candies. <laughs> what else? Get you a eat? nice whore, whorehound sweet. Is are Nico wafers depression era candy? I think so. They've got to be. Wafers suck. I love all candy, but Necco wafers suck ass. Those things are the worst. Yeah, they're just kind of chalk. Yeah, one hundred percent. They. I suck. mean, I probably wouldn't. I'm not a huge fan of candy in general, and 
I think I'd chow down on Necro. You know what I do like? That's like a depression, like Whoppers. Like just Whoppers. Like malted milk, yeah. Uh, you know what? I fucking hate those too. Maybe I just hate the depression. Yeah. You are you're a big depression fan, right? Yeah, I can't wait for all this shit to come back <laughs> once our economy crashes after COVID and we have to get back to like eating, you know, sarsaparilla root and shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be a good time moxie is gonna be the biggest drink and i'm gonna be all about it my friend yeah it'll be the bees knees hell yeah 23 fucking skidoo uh ev give me that uh candy that you promised me give me that read for this the romantic comedy movie of course is about the romantic comedy the incredible bert wonderstone i don't know if you've seen it uh, was that a uh, Steve Carell vehicle? Yeah, Steve Carell, yeah. Steve Buscemi, and Jim Carrey. Oh, really? Okay. Um, Olivia Wilde and James Gandolfini, if you would. Uh, Ooh, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. indeed. So the plot, in a nutshell, is uh, Steve Carell is harassed as a kid, given a magical set by his mom. Uh, the set is by Rance Holloway, a famous mm -hmm. magician, you know, sort of like a Blackstone character. So he begins uh, practicing. Eventually, they, he falls not in love, but definitely in love with a fellow classmate played by Steve Buscemi. Okay. And they become professional magicians in Vegas. Um, Steve Carell becomes Burt Wonderstone, and Steve Buscemi becomes Anton Marvelton. <laughs> and uh, they go and they perform the basically the same tricks for 10 years, just like the magician in this song. Sure. So also, just like the magician in this song, Burt becomes very arrogant and he keeps driving off a number of assistants. You could almost say they're vanishing oh. because uh, he calls them all Nicole and refuses to learn their names, and he's also kind of a prick. So things are going well for Anton and Bert until Jim Carrey arrives as Steve Gray, who has a new show called, and forgive me, The Brain Rapist. <laughs> where Jesus Christ! Where he performs, he's sort of like a David Blaine character, except like mixed with a uh, um, Chris Angel, where he performs like unique yet horrifying card tricks. Like there's a lot like a blood and like extreme magic involved, and so he's drawing away their audience. And so um, Anton and Bert try to like do the same thing. They decide to lock themselves in like a hot box, but Bert doesn't prepare for the trick and ruins it by like flipping out and. Uh, Basically, he just fucks everything up, and then Anton and Nicole leave him. Uh, he falls on hard times, gets a job performing magic at a retirement home for, home for old Vegas performers. Um, uh, oh, yeah. He also, the reason why he uh, loses his show is he tries to do his two-man. He's so arrogant that he thinks he can do his two-man show alone. So he just fails. Um, but at the place he meets Rance uh, Holloway, who you'll remember is our Blackstone character, uh, who convinces him to find his heart and... Uh, Basically, he they team up. They do a uh, magic show at James Gandolfini's son's birthday party uh, to get their mojo back. And then um, Jim Carrey shows them and tries to abstain, upstage them, but he's doing like gross-out magic at a kid's magic show, so it doesn't really go doesn't really go that well. And at the end of the magic show, it turns out Anton has been watching them the whole time, and Anton and uh, uh, Bert reunite. And then James Gandolfini says, hey, I'm opening a new hotel. Uh, I'm doing a talent search. Whoever wins the magical talent search gets a five-year, uh, uh, basically a five-year um, uh, contract. Contract, right. yeah, residency at this, sure. at this new hotel. So here's the thing. They want to go in, but they don't have anything prepared. But, and you're going to love this, what Anton has been doing in his off time has been um, 
chilling magic sets in Cambodia to children okay. in Cambodia. <laughs> and while in Cambodia, he found this uh, drug called Kratom. <laughs> okay. Which is like a opiate slash uh, euphoric. But apparently if you high doses of Kratom can just knock you out. Mm-hmm. And so their plan, what they do is called the disappearing audience. You could almost say the vanishing audience where they begin their show and then they pump the entire theater full of Kratom gas Jesus. and knock everybody out. Then they load everybody into vans, take them to another location outside, reset them up, wake them up and then go, we teleported you. And the audience is like, what the fuck is going on? And uh, they applaud and everything's super great. And then they're like, okay, we're going to teleport you back. So then they sedate them again and take them back <laughs> to the theater. Wait, there's so many. They don't notice the time difference between like. <laughs> they don't notice the time difference. Okay, they don't sure. suffer from any of the uh, Kratom overdoses, which include heart arrhythmia, heart attacks, <laughs> constipation, dizziness, dry mouth, hypertension, all that stuff. If you sure. just like completely overdose on a drug. But yeah. Christ. And uh, Jim Carrey shows up and tries to abstain the, uh, upstage them by uh, doing his magic trick, which is drilling a hole into his skull. Oh, Jesus, fuck. He says it won't affect him, and then it just gives him permanent brain damage. This movie is a romantic comedy? <laughs> yeah, it's about Burt Wonderstone and Anton Marvelton falling in, back in love. Is Now, is this a, a tease, or do they actually get together at the end? I mean, they rekindle their uh, partnership. Their professional partnership. Hey, not just professional. It goes okay. well beyond that. But what I'm saying is... I would say that is, they're closer than a lot of married couples I've met. Thank you very much. Is it explicit or implicit? What? <laughs> their relationship. Like, you want to see full penetration is what you're asking. <laughs> is this movie rated NC-17? Yes. The version Good. I saw was. <laughs> You were just flipping back and forth between this and uh, the the Playboy channel, which I'm sure shows a lot yeah. of gay pornography. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So a lot of the there's a lot of vanishing in this movie, both explicit and implicit, right? Uh huh. Just like in the song uh, where Kevin repeats, "You are vanishing four times." Yeah, the first one is Bert's trick. The second one is Anton's vanishing. The third one is Nicole vanishing, and the fourth one is the audience vanishing. Sure. So each you refers to a different you. They're all symbolic. It's funny yeah. because when I watched the video of Kevin doing it live, he did pull out a binder and point to pictures, which now I understand were probably the characters in the movie. That makes a yes, lot more sense. Yes, yes, yes. Steve was, Carell, was, Steve was, Buscemi, Jim Carrey. Was Nicole played by Olivia Wilde? Yes. That's who he was pointing to. Okay, that makes sense now. Okay, got it. Good. You got it in one. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. So you can see Kevin really likes this uh, liked this movie. Yeah, Quite yeah, clearly, clearly. He's one of the only one of the only few people who liked it. He just went like you know Kev. He's always sort of been a hipster. Like he's not going to go for a straight up romantic comedy like sure. a, a down the plate like a something about Mary or something. Yeah, like any Ferrelli Brothers trash. He's going to go for uh, the incredible Burt Wonderstone. Sure, absolutely. I am amazed that this movie came out in 2013, and his show is called Brain Rapist in it. <laughs> yeah. That... yeah, I think it was. I think I feel like the. Uh, the like there there was some talk about that like you know just not using trigger words back in like the early early teens but i feel like that's really come into its own in like the mid to late teens like i feel like you wouldn't call anything that nowadays sure and i feel like that's 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 just i think that's relatively new and that's a good thing right yeah yeah oh absolutely 
Could they, this this may have been the last mass media property to use the word rape as a punchline. Which is good. Hopefully. Except great. for like Tosh Tosh.0 oh is still doing it, right? Is Tosh.0 oh still a thing? I don't know. I stopped watching it when he did stuff like that. <laughs> okay. Got it. When he appeared on I think Brain it was Rapist. Like, I think that it was his like short, the, the one I remember specifically where I'm like, yep, I'm not watching this anymore. It was softly touching women without their permission. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Well, he didn't call it like that, but it was just like coming up on a woman and gently touching her on the oh, stomach and seeing how God. she reacts. Yikes. Okay. Like, okay. Bye. Okay. Bye, bud. Yeah. Good call. Um, Ev, we have to. Thank you, by the way. Thank you for your service. I appreciate every everything you do. Um, but now yep. it's time to rate this song. As you know, Evan, we rate it on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. Uh, the more clothes this song has on, the worst. Uh, the less clothes this song has on, the beauter. So, on a scale of naked to fully clothed, Ev, where do you rate Vanishing? It is... Late 90s, early aughts, I am in high school. I am dressed so good. I'm wearing all my late night or my early my late nineties, early aughts fashion. So I got my flannel, I got my sweet like uh black shirt with like a uh like a uh screen printed dragon on it or sure. some shit. I got my big baggy jeans, I got my wallet chain, <laughs> I got my Doc Martens. I am ready to fucking clown. Uh, I got my sweet skateboard, uh, but I'm going to be late for school. So I'm hitching a ride on the back of a truck. But when I get to school, I realize I haven't met my best bud, an old man who lives down the street from me, mm-hmm. who actually is a famous inventor. <laughs> so I go and I talk to him and he says, Evan, you got to watch out. I just, sold a bunch, I just stole a bunch of uranium from uh, the Taliban. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I, need it, I need it to uh, power my, my uh, reactor. And I made this really sweet car, and the, the doors open. They don't, they don't open like normal doors. They go down. They go down onto the ground. You have to crawl <laughs> inside like a fucking worm. And I'm like, okay, cool. And uh, we are getting chased, and I'm like, oh, we got to get out of here, man. They come, and they, have, like, they, they shoot him. They shoot him to death, and i got to get out of here. So I ride in this car, and it takes me. I'm sorry. Exactly, yes, thank you. Takes me back to the future. Back to the fucking, I don't know, what, 60s and 70s when my parents were dating. (laughs) Okay. It's really complicated, uh, but I've seen this movie before. So when my mom, when I wake up with my mom, I just run out of the room. Um, So she doesn't fall in love with me. Everything goes pretty much to plan. But the thing is, since I'm, I'm such a good time traveler, uh, I haven't really caused any problems in my own past. The problem is, is I'm still wearing my fucking sweet outfit mm-hmm. from the nineties. And people are seeing this and they are hundred percent respecting my nineties fashion. They're like, sure. what the fuck is going on with bell bottoms? What the fuck is going on with these tight shirts? What the fuck mm-hmm. is going on with this long hair? And they're like, you know what? We need to change this. So fashion starts to change. Oh, That's fuck. the thing. And as fashion changes, that would mean the fashion in the 90s is no longer the fashion the 90s used to be. So like Marty McFly in Back to the Future, my clothes start vanishing. Of course they and do. And I've got the only thing, I've got my high school yearbook photo to look, and I'm just seeing all the clothes vanish off my classmates and myself until at the end, right when I'm about to go back, 
You see my briefs disappear, but I zipping back to the future. I'm doing good. Everything's good. <laughs> Wait, so you never correct the problem? No, I just go back and get new fashion because it's like sweet. Oh. It's like lime. It's like lime green parachute pants all the way in the future now. Did you? Did you cause the state of the world as it is right now, Evan? Is that why we live in a hell a hellscape? No, just the fashion part of it. Yeah, but that's a butterfly effect, no. buddy. The fashion affected the no. the influences. Fashion affects nothing. Haven't oh. you seen The Devil Wears Prada? Fashion has nothing to do with anything. Listen, I watched 27 Dresses 27 times on my 27th birthday, and I know everything there is to know about fashion. Um, I am... Uh, I, so this song is fully naked for you. What? Uh, is, that any, is that a surprise for you? No, I guess it's not. I'm trying to compile a list of Evan's naked songs, and it might just be Alcohol Upside alcohol, Down. Alcohol Upside Down, uh, I think maybe Katie, and I think this song, yeah. Wow, unbelievable. Okay, interesting. All right. Um, I think for me, uh, I get all dolled up because me and my partner are going out to a, uh, a show at, uh, at a local uh, club. We're going to the Funny Bone Right here in Columbus, Rivari, Ohio. Rivari room. We're going to the, R- the Rivali's gaze. Yes, absolutely. Um, and Rivali's gaze. <laughs> and, uh, they, famous staring acts where they just come <laughs> in and like just look at you. That's correct. It's the, they do this this cool reverse audience thing where they come up and they sit on the stage and they just look at you like <laughs> like you're the first perform for them. Every so often they'll do the motion with their hands like come yeah on. yeah and then like. Then the, then the lights will come up on you, and then the intro music will play. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we go out, and we go to see... It's a comedy, a comedy magic show, and it's a good time. And for his very last act, he says, I need a volunteer from the audience. And my partner kind of nudges me. And so I yeah, why not? I'll raise my hand. I raise my hand. He calls me up to the stage, and he does this trick. And this trick is inconsequential. What it is, it's funny. He makes me shit my pants. It's very a funny trick. Everybody laughs. Um, but then he whispers in my ear and he says, you shall never be free of this. And uh, I say, I turn to him and I look confused. But at that moment, he takes a bow and the curtains close. And I look to see the curtains close. And when I look back at him, he's gone. Uh, and I go outside and I realize the audience is gone and I look at my watch and I realize it's been hours. I must've been dosed with some Cambodian (laughs) Cambodian gas. I go home. My house is empty. My partner's not there. My child's not there. It's late. Where would my child be? I don't know. But all of a sudden I just feel very tired. So I try Mm -hmm. to take off my, my shirt to just go to bed and I take off my shirt and I realize there's another shirt beneath it. And then I, I, I try to take off my pants. I just say, forget it. I'll just, I, I, there's another pair of pants beneath my pants. My socks, the same thing. I'm, I'm trying to take off every piece of clothing that I have, but every time I take it off, there's another one underneath it. And I look back at the pile of the clothes that I just thought I threw onto the floor and they're not there. And I look back at myself and the clothes are back on me. They haven't changed colors. They haven't changed sizes. I tear a hole in one of the clothes just to make sure I'm not going crazy. And then I take it off. But then when it comes back, I, I look at it again, and it's back, and the, the hole is, is healed. These clothes, I shall never be free of them. I shall be wearing this shitty underwear for the rest of my life. And my partner and child apparently are permanently gone. I hadn't thought through that part, but they're gone wow. forever. I don't know where they are. This Kratom gas really fucked my life up. <laughs> um, so what I have to do is I have to go down to the street, and I have to talk to my friend, this inventor, and he says, Sigur, you gotta go... <laughs> 
You have to follow Evan back. He fucked up everything with this whole fashion thing he's doing. So it's the... Then dinosaurs are there and a T-Rex chases me down the street. Anyways, I am permanently in a nice button-up shirt, a sport jacket, and uh, a nice pair of khakis. So that's how it is, unfortunately. You you hated this song. I wasn't a fan. I did not like Vanishing. I gotta say. I uh, this might be the first one where the discrepancy between us has been that severe. Usually we're sort of on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will never. This one is two stinkers in a row for me. Didn't like Take It yeah. Back. Didn't like Vanishing. We're in the stinker side of. Uh, I don't know. Of... I really like Vanishing. Didn't like Take It Back. I think that usually over the course of the of the podcast, we're able to talk the other person around, and we just right. haven't done it this time. No, we really Maybe we're haven't. losing something. I think oh. it's like I think what it is is uh, internet communication. You know how like <laughs> you're much more likely to argue with somebody yes. if you're not seeing them face to face. You're right. less, much less likely to. So I think that if we were in person, so I'm just saying is let's just do this episode again when we can when this whole COVID stuff is over. <laughs> yeah, and you, con- you want to redo a lot of our episodes? And I'll into, yeah, I want to do redo them all. <laughs> um, see, the thing is, when we're in person, I think you look at me and you give your side, and I feel intimidate i feel like you're gonna beat me up if i don't so i feel emboldened now that we are on the internet like you're not gonna hurt me you don't have power over me anymore ev um this has made me realize yeah absolutely you're you're an (laughs) intimate you're sure you sure about that (laughs) this is a lot of great visual humor for our listeners ev and i are sending emotes to each other across (laughs) skype it's a good time (laughs) all right ev we gotta take a break we'll be right back with more it's all been done a barenaked ladies podcast Hey, Ev. Hey, buddy. Hey. What, what kind of nails? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, please. What kind of nails? What? Do you think? Do you think you would? If you could get rid of your fingernails, would you? Uh, fuck. Is it just me, or is it everyone in the world? Everyone in the world. Like, like our, we don't have fingernails anymore. We just have like soft little pads. Like, my initial impulse is to say yes, and the reason is because I have a toddler. And boy, he just likes to dig and grab yeah, and pinch. Sharp. And it fucking sucks. The problem is, does it retroactively change history? Because coins are going to have to be thick now. Nobody can pick up a coin from a table, <laughs> right? Yeah, or they have like all the coins have a little handle on them. <laughs> yes, they have a little TC tugger right on the. Uh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Tug a knob. Yeah, I, I think by doing that, we've changed reality for the better. This is a real reality changing episode. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to do. Yeah, we, we change fashion. We change fingernails. Yeah, change the fashion. Change the cheerleader. Change the world. Would you remove fingernails? What's your uh, take on the the subject? I I'd remove half of them. <laughs> you would just keep it like since they were the bottom of the top. Yeah, half. like like no 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 like your thumb, your pointer finger, and your index finger have fingernails, but your last two fingers don't. Sure. And you absolutely. don't have toenails anymore. I mean, what the fuck? What the fuck use are toenails, right? What what use are to evolutionarily? They used to be claws, so we could climb better. But like sure. now, you can't really claw anything because it'll just rip them off. Yeah, grow them super long. And the only thing that I found toenails are useful is like they're not useful. They're just they're just things you can drop shit on, and then they get black and blue. Which is kind of fun. It's fun to watch them grow out. Yeah, yeah, that's really fun. I like to like uh. I like to, like, scrimshaw a little, like, face into my toenail and watch it slowly grow out. Do you think there are people who do toenail art where, like, every so often... Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, people do fingernail art, right? Or are you talking about, like, carving? I'm talking about carvings. Like, I carved the Mona Lisa into my like, toenail it, like, and a... it, like, printed out like a fucking uh, dot matrix printer. 
like like a t like a toenail Dremel. Yeah, basically. <laughs> toenail Dremel is a great name for a punk band. Yeah. Are you looking up toenail art? I can tell that you're typing on your computer. I am. I, I was looking up toenail art, but it's just like painted toenails because everybody paints their toenails. But I'm like toenail carving. Yes. That's what I'm gonna look up. <laughs> you're. You've just gotten yourself onto Ebob's world. Mid oh <laughs> no 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 no! It's about carving out ingrown toenails. That's exactly That's... what I thought would happen. You made a shaving a big toe callus. Big mistake on that day. Have you ever? This happened to me once. Have you ever cut a toenail? too short and it started growing into you no it, no i've been lucky i'm lucky i've got nice thick nice thick bold toenails oh buddy boy you i've always admired that about you yeah and that's why I, that's one of the reasons i go bare feet i mean you've complimented my toenails on multiple i can't because i'm barefoot so often like it's kind of like i don't think it was like it's not like a sexual thing but like you definitely compliment my toenails every time you see them it's an involuntary thing for me for some reason like you do like the like oh yeah <laughs> and you like do like pull down your pull down your glasses and do one of those like double takes like they're shades I do i say i can get used to this and look <laughs> the at your thing toenails. Is, like since you're so nearsighted pulling down your glasses makes you less able to see them <laughs> yes but it's kind of nice. It gives them that nice blur. Like it's they're they're beautiful to me. Uh yeah. Sometimes you want to put a little Photoshop filter on them. I wouldn't mind a, a little, little Vaseline on the lens. If a you little, know what I mean. A little Gaussian blur. I don't know how to pronounce that word, but I know it's a filter that exists. A little motion blur. I want to see your toenails in motion. Girl, a little lotion blur. Show me what those toenails do. My my partner's toenails are fucked up. My partner's toenails curl. They curve. They curve in? No, they're not like a straight shape. So imagine like the difference between like a shovel and a spade, right? Okay. So, yeah, they're Oh, so they like they like curve they curve to a point or do they curve like down towards the toe? They're an arch above the toe. Wow. It's real real weird. Next time next time you Some come people over have... <laughs> I'm gonna ask I'll, my partner. I'll make sure to look at, I'll make sure to take a take a bring a magnifying glass so we can really get it get down into those nail beds. Perfect, great, thank you. I was blessed with real thick good nails. This is real good pod. This is good pod. You know who else has really just like fantastic thick nice good nails? Um, Idris Elba. You are correct, and that's why our new podcast, What's Your Elba By? is coming to the Orange Grove Snow. <laughs> Who's your Alba? Idris Elba? <laughs> Jessica Alba? Albania? Are Idris Elba and Jessica Alba brothers and sisters? Um, yeah, I think it's just the difference between uh, English and uh, British pronunciation, or American and British pronunciation. Sure. See, the British say Elba, and we say Alba. Ah, that makes sense to me. Um, Ev, how about this? We've been doing a lot of time travel in this episode. One great time travel show that How we, about have, this? we have here on on the Orange Groves Network is LGB Time Machine. It's here, it's queer, it's our history. Uh, they go back and they talk about um, all sorts of uh, important historical moments in LGBT history. Uh, forget this stupid-ass show you're listening to right now. Go listen to LGB Time Machine's Episode 6, which is a spotlight on Charlotte Cushman. Um, and uh, that's uh, it's going to tell you all about uh, 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 Charlotte Cushman, her letters and memories of her life when Romeo was a woman. Wow. Can you, tell me, can you tell me one thing about Charlotte Cushman, <laughs> Yeah. Listen, of course I can. 
Uh, as you, I, and God know. Uh, yep. Let Charlotte. me just vamp for just a second while you while you look it up online. What do you mean? She was an American stage actress whose voice was noted for its full contralto register, who was able to play both male and female parts. You oh, dumb. Oh, we're gonna fuck. put a little we're gonna put a little clip of it in right here. I don't even know. She was she died in 1876. So the, the we're gonna put a little clip of it in right here. Fantastic. There she is. There's Charlotte Cushman herself, uh, and she had the toenails of a god. Uh, so just FYI, if you're into toenails, if you're into LGBT history, if you're into the Back to the Future theme, check out LGB Time Machine right here on the Orange Groves Podcast Network. Join our Discord. Contribute to the Patreon if you have money left over after donating to your local food bank. That's all I got to say. Ev, what are you looking up on your computer? Charlotte Cushman's recordings. <laughs> Did you find any? No, no. She died <laughs> in 1817. She's very, there's, there's no way. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, very good. Uh, we'll see you uh, at the movies. And we're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Now's the time in the show when we spin that big wheel. You know what? I have my headphones plugged in, but I'm going to unplug them for a second so people can hear. We need to hear that good, good wheel noise. I miss that wheel that's noise. A, that's okay. once. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So here. Oh, oh, this is a good one. Tonight is the night I fell asleep at the wheel. Uh, How do the characters in this song die? Oh, Maguga. (laughs) I think uh, the magician dies like of a demon summoning or something, right? So wait, he's not just a Las Vegas stage magician? He fucking is summoning demons? Well, yeah, because he obviously gets into the dark arts. Because Las Vegas is like a hotbed of Satanism. (laughs) <laughs> as, as we sor- all know and sorcery everyone knows that right what happens in vegas stays in vegas what's summoned in vegas stays in vegas <laughs> sure um, were you were you ever summoned in vegas uh, i don't like to talk about that that's fine it stays in vegas that's fine i did a i did a brief stint at um the bellagio the it was the horror <laughs> no the horror palace uh what's the fuck that guy's name he did hostel and eli roth eli roth's horror palace Okay. Yeah, Eli Roth had a horror palace, and he was summoning. He summoned me and a bunch of other demons to like spook the place up. Sure. But I don't know if you noticed. Like, I'm not super scary. No, you're pretty conventional. Yeah. So basically, it was just us, like asking people a bunch of existential questions. <laughs> oh, did that spook them? Like thinking about when they were going to die and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, it would be like. Yeah, it would be like. No, it would be like. You know, humanity is one of the is the only species we're aware of that has to live with the awareness of its own impending death. That sort of stuff. Like, did you, sure. were you aware of that? Uh, and did the people or general... like, Oh, I see. I see. You've got a wallet with kids. Did you know that they're going to die one day too? <laughs> Wait, do we know for why a fact would you, that... why would you bring something into this world that time would just going to kill? Like, there's no point. <laughs> you've by, by the mere fact of bringing them into this world, you've doomed them forever. How do we know the dolphins don't know that they're going to die? Uh, we asked them, and they said they don't understand. <laughs> no, they didn't say no. They said, I don't understand what don't you're understand. saying. <laughs> Just like Coco the gorilla. When they, she was told that Robin Williams died, she signed like, I, I, don't, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> Bring me Robin Williams. Bring me the head of Robin Williams. Wait, did she really say, I don't understand? No, no, she was very sad. That she said she, she made the sign for sad. <laughs> oh, good. So I think oh, that, man. I think that, like, High, higher order mammals 
on Earth can understand that other things die, but I don't know sure. if they understand their own mortality. Like, I don't know what happened if you ask Coco if she's going to die. Boy, yeah, that would fuck her all the way up, wouldn't it? You feel, I mean, I feel like an octopus yeah. or a pig, because, I mean, a lot of animals avoid the slaughterhouse, so they have to know what's inside. Yeah, I mean, yes, you know that, like, I mean, you've got that, like, inborn fear of death right like every animal has that like everything from like like amoebas don't want to die right sure so but i think there's just they don't i think they lack an awareness of mortality sure that we that we as human beings possess and this is just the type this is just one example of a conversation i would get into at eli ross house of horrors (laughs) well i think that the magician would autoerotic asphyxiate yeah yeah (laughs) i think that he would he would uh he would probably um he starts experimenting with like real magic to try and like love potions, love potions. Oh, there so what go. happens is he calls up the object of his affections. He's like, Hey, listen, I know you don't love me. And I know I came on super strong, but I know you don't love me. And I know I came on super strong, <laughs> there he is. but um, I just want to meet and like smooth things over. I'll pay all expenses paid to Las Vegas. I know you've seen my show before. So I'm going to put you up. You're, we're going to go see a Cirque. There's like five Cirques. You take your pick. I'll take you out to dinner. Not at the Bellagio because I know you ate there a lot. We're going to take you to uh, the, the the Circus Circus because that's <laughs> where most of the circuses are. And then we're just going to have a nice uh, meal and maybe I hope we can just be friends. And you know what? She just got out of a breakup so she's feeling a little bit down. She's like, you know what? It would be nice to be the object of attention for a night. And like worst case scenario, I can just walk away at any time because we're going to be in a public place. Like I know he's a magician and whatnot, but he staged this elaborate fucking win her back scenario because like as most magicians and most performers, he believes in the romantic comedy, like the three act structure. Sure. So he's going to win her back with a romantic gesture. But the problem is it goes horribly wrong and eviscerates both of them. Or he just poisons both of them at the table because he thinks he's actually perfected a love potion. They both drink it. And it's just as always mercury so they just both die mercury poisoning so i like the idea that he's like pouring beakers and potions in some sort of lab and then he just takes like a cup and puts fills it with fucking thermometer juice and is like done i did it yeah. yeah well i mean that's how like most of like that's like how a chinese emperor died from drinking mercury that's like a lot of people died from drinking mercury yeah because i mean mercury looks super fucking cool i want to eat the shit out of mercury it, yeah it's like so if tasty. i were if i were just like some like dude who didn't know what it was and didn't know about science like if i lived two thousand years ago and someone's like here's a potion that's gonna make you fucking immortal and they held up this bottle with mercury in it i'm like yeah that looks looks like that looks the part (laughs) right see i like i like how much credit you're giving him he's summing in a demon he's trying to get into real magic he's creating potions I hate that I just think that he gets really sad and orders a fucking hotel pay-per-view porn and wraps his belt around his neck and just fucking dies with his dick in his hands. That's the saddest part. I don't I, see. And this is where you, the storyteller, the DM of your own story, separate <laughs> from me, the realist. You know me. I can't fucking I don't I don't have an imagination. I know what's going to happen to the magician. The magician will die sad and alone. So does do you think he... It, do you think it's purposeful? He's just like, okay, this is how I'm going to go out. No. He... A, nice, a nice hamburger, and I eat it. A nice hotel hamburger. <laughs> go down, do a couple laps in the 15-yard pool, and then I He's... autoerotic asphyxiate myself to death. He's too sad for that. He actually ordered way too much room service. It got there. He said, this is way too much room service, and then ate it all anyway. He was fucking, like, too stuffed to, like to to jerk himself off but he did it anyway because he's like well i gotta do something 
and then oh man and he like vomits in the he vomits in the bag and aspirates his own puke yeah, exactly yeah and when they find him it's fucking see see saker you're a storyteller too all buddy. right but i'm not telling you a story i'm telling you what is going to i'm a machine of death <laughs> i know what is going to happen to this magician unfortunate but true so what happens friend. to the object of his affection then um, she lives a long and happy life and dies at the age of 84 years old while at the Circus Circus. Strangely enough, she goes back with her husband, um, for a, a fun caper. Yeah. And she dies at, she just hearts attacks at Circus Circus when, like, the, the Cirque du Soleil acrobat gets up on the tightrope and she's like, <gasps> and then just dies. She got scared, yeah. And this is how I know you're a writer, is that you know that the correct Pronun- or uh, pluralization of heart attack is heart's attack. You know that it's internal pluralization. That's true. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. That's how it happens. Uh, yeah, great. I hope that answered your question, Wheel. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, now's the time in the show when we take an email from our friends, our fans, our little squishies. Uh, if you have a question for us, please, please, please email us. It's all been done podcast at gmail.com. Here is a question from Nathan. His question is titled BNL Pokemon. Hi, Nathan. He says, not sure if you guys are into Pokemon. If not, this will probably be funnier. If the BNL boys were Pokemon, which mon would they be? Nate from New Jersey. Now, Ev, I believe that neither of us are Pokemon boys, right? Neither of us are Pokemaniacs. Like, I think that being, growing up when we did and being, you know, young adults when we were, I think... We are like conversant in Pokemon, mm-hmm. just like somebody who grew up in a like a bilingual neighborhood is like like if you grew up in like most of your neighbors speak Spanish, like you know a few words, mm-hmm. a couple phrases, you can get by. So I can like get by on Pokemon. Like I know I maybe like half a Gen One. I know about like I know enough to be dangerous. Yeah, I could probably rattle off fifty Pokemon, which is more than I've having never played a Pokemon game. That's that's quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. so how are we going to decide this? Cause there are like 900 Pokemon. Should I just, yeah. should I just assign them each a random, like go to random Pokemon no. or are we, I mean, no, I mean, uh, uh, Tyler is obviously Hogemon. <laughs> yes, indeed. Now, Hoge- who is the sandwich, the sandwich that eats itself. Sure. Uh, Hogemon. It uh, it evolves into Hogemax. Yes, which is a sandwich and Cinemax. <laughs> and then the final evolution is Hogemost, which is a sandwich, chips, a drink, and Cinemax. <laughs> it's a whole combo. Uh, and uh, and and air conditioning. Yes, and I believe it's a normal ground Pokemon because that's where yes. you eat it. You eat it while sitting on the ground. <laughs> uh, so that's Tyler. <laughs> I'm surprised he wasn't like Tatermon or something. That's more of a Digimon. Um, okay, uh, so uh, uh, Jim. Um, I think Jim is some sort of ooh, ghost type. Yeah, Jim's Jim's definitely like a ghost ice type in my head. Maybe ghost poison. Um, and he's like, um, I think his name is like Big Bass or something. Um, and he's just like, uh, uh, an anthropomorphic base. Oh, grandpa. That's his name. Or what was his, his, his <laughs> grandpa. <laughs> what's his base's name? Is it grandma? I don't remember. Oh, from the, from the episode that never was aired. No, he actually, his base actually has a name and I believe I have no idea. Maybe it's grandma. Sure. So he's a giant anthropomorphic base named grandma. 
when he levels up, he becomes Grandmama. <laughs> and the final form of that is Great Ma. It could be Great Ma, or it could be Grandmama Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Grandmama Mama. And then. I like I like Great Ma because so when you level, he's just a giant anthropomorphic base, and you've got those f holes in there. Mm-hmm. And the next level, he's the same size, but they're like twice as big. Mm-hmm. And then finally, when he's Great Ma, they're just a giant fang-filled mouth. <laughs> he's more whole than man. Ghosts in, yeah, that spews ghosts. Um, and his strings are like hair, and they whip around. Yeah like tentacles and they can slash you because a base string is pretty substantial. Like if you got whipped with a base string, you'd be, you'd be hurt. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Especially in like the face. Yeah. Uh, give me, give me another one. Who <laughs> Grandma, else? Mama, mama. <laughs> Who's next? Ed, Ed. Um, he's got nice baby blue eyes. So like a water type I'm thinking. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, uh, what, what's, uh, what's indicative of, of, uh, Ed. I'm just trying to think. What do you see? You see, I see, I see, I see his eyes squirting water. Mm-hmm. I think he could be like, um, uh, what's, I'm sure there's a term for like a sad country song. Uh, or he could be just like, uh, a tear squirker. Okay. So he's tear squirker and then he evolves into tear jerker. <laughs> and then he just evolves into straight up jerker. <laughs> Yes, his final firm is Jerker. Yeah, where he's sad, and then he's even sadder, but then Jerker is just fucking angry. He's just a jerk. Oh, maybe he's maybe he's Weird Jerker, where he turns into... Yes. Tears? Sure. Well, but that's not really that sad. He's smiling all the time. Well, I think uh, I think he's probably got a, a, a side to him. Don't you think so? Maybe not. Like Ed Robert, Ed Robert Soak? Yeah. Ed Robert? Oh, Robert Soak is good. Sure. Robert Robert Splash Robert Soak. Maybe he makes everybody maybe he makes everybody else cry. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Out of their eyes. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> and he also makes them sweat out of their pores. Yeah, and then when he smiles at you, his mouth is just full of eyes. Sure. Every tooth is an eye. <laughs> so he's Ed Robertson, who evolves into I Robertson, who evolves into I Robotson. And the final I robot. <laughs> Yes, it's just uh, yeah. The final one is uh, uh, electric steel type. Good, I like that. Yeah, um, electric steel. Yeah, he's iRobotson. Um, so uh, Steve, um, Steve's first form is called boyfriend, and then his second form uh, is called bad friend, and then <laughs> his his final evolution is um, bad boy. Sure, or boyfiend. Boyfiend. Boy yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they're all just fighting fighting dark types. Well, I think the first I think he's one of the ones that do any of them ever shift types? Oh yeah. When they yeah, yeah, for sure. So he starts as normal. when he's just yeah, normal type right. and you know, you get to get to know him, yeah. but then when he evolves, he gets a little darker. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so And then he evolves into a fighting dark type. Sure. So that's his final form. Yes. Boyfriend, bad friend, boyfiend. I love that. <laughs> and yeah, and and then I think his final like move is when he convinces you that you've been bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how it works exactly. What... You're the boy fiend. He turns you into one. <laughs> what what the meta is there and, and how exactly it affects the other Pokemon, but he certainly, that's that's the idea. Uh, so the only one we have... So wait, how about a... So, or maybe he could be... His original form is Manchild. <laughs> and then he turns into Manmild. Uh-huh. And then Manwi- Then Manwild is his final form. Yes, that's yes, that's well that's a later generation uh Steve. That's after he's left the band as he's Manchild. 
Uh, and then the final one is Kev, who I believe has to start as... See, Kev is somewhere between, like, flying and fairy types, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think he's... Kev is the Pokemon you start the game with, always. <laughs> yes. He's sure. like one of those. He's like a Squirtle or, or a Bulbasaur or a Charmander or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. You know? But not like a... He's not a Pikachu, right? He's one of those like off-brand off, off brand like game starters. Yes, absolutely. He's like an outlet. Someone that you do not want, really. Um, Rattata. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so his forms are called uh, Hurtbird... <laughs> And then Broken Wings, and then Mr. Mr. Nope, don't like that. All right, let's go back. Rewind. Um, what? I don't know. Yeah. What? What's What's indicative of Kev? Hernasar. Hernamore. Hernam. <laughs> just keep keep getting bigger. Uh, Hernado. Hernado. Sure. So so. Because he's air air fairy, right? Sure. Her, so he's Hernasar, and then Hernamore, and then Hernado. Yeah. Okay. Or yeah, something like that. Well, what if his first form is hernia? Yeah. Or easy, then breezy, and then beautiful cover girl. Beautiful cover girl. This is final <laughs> form. I like that. That's when he truly, because we get the most beautiful songs out of Kev. So I think beautiful yes, cover yes. girl has to be his final form. Good. I like that. Absolutely. Uh, and he's one of the. He's like a bard sort of a uh, uh, red mage or gray mage Pokemon where he like buffs the other Pokemon and makes them feel better about themselves and that sort of thing. Do they have? Are you allowed to? Are you allowed to have multiple Pokemon fight at the same? No, time? that's true. Has that ever happened? I always thought it was like one on one. It is. He sort of buffs himself, I guess. Now that I think about it, you're right. You're right. Good call. Good call. Or or he does. He buffs all the other Pokemon in your stable for when you play sure, them. Sure, the I like that. Uh, yeah. So you play him at first, and he just he's just tootling on his harp while he gets the shit like electrocuted <laughs> out of him by a Pikachu. <laughs> Love that. And then when he dies, everyone else comes out like full of vigor and <laughs> piss and vinegar. But they all come out in funeral clothes. They're prepared. They know that he fell, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's very sad. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, like when when a Pokemon like falls, they don't die. Right? They, they just get kind of like knocked. They out. faint is, I believe, the technical term. Okay. Well, he gets killed. <laughs> It's a Nuzlocke challenge, which I know that you don't understand that reference, but my Pokemaniacs out there are feeling that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, he, he just like, so they come out and, uh, like they just see his like dismembered corpse right. on the field. That's why he's, you're not allowed to play with him. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I would say that's probably true. Good. I like this. I mean, obviously I know a Nuzlocke challenge is a set of rules <laughs> to create a higher level of difficulty while playing Pokemon games. Easy. <laughs> Boy, I love that we both have uh, the opportunity to look things up now. Internet now. <laughs> yeah. There's no yeah. more. There's no more. And you're specifically referring to the Nuzlocke challenge where any Pokemon that faints is considered dead and must be released <laughs> or put back into the Pokemon storage system permanently. That's correct. Obviously. There's no more conjecture. There is only knowledge. <laughs> Very good. Um, all right. So no, that's, that's usually what you do to me because you have a computer up and I'm used to like, I have to like use my written notes. This is true. I like, but now we both have copies. I like it more that it's just a fact-based podcast. Uh, Nathan, I hope <laughs> we, uh, I hope we answered your question, bud. Yeah. Hope you're satisfied. Bye, Nate. Ebo. That's the one. This is the one. This is the episode that I'm going to tell people to listen to if they want to get into this show. Really? A quarantine episode that we had like five hard stop downs that hopefully I've edited around very masterfully. Uh, I think this is the one. You're going to love this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to like the way you hey, look. You're not going to love it. I guarantee it. But your kids are going to dig it. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm st- Just like my fashion. Still doing <laughs>
Uh, Ev, uh, you can uh, check out the Orange Groves Patreon. It exists. You can join us on our Discord. We love to hear from you. Please leave us a review. We haven't had any new reviews in a while, so leave us that five-star yeah. review. Write a comment. We will read it on the air. And uh, Ev, that's your favorite part of the show, I know, but here's your second favorite part. Ev, do you have anything to plug this week? Uh, um, pack- packaging. Oh. You know, like... You can't just deliver something. I know it's I know it's a, a symptom of late stage capitalism that we use too much packaging, uh-huh. but like, and I do want to get like less dependent on mm-hmm. it. But at the same time, like, packaging's great. Packaging fucking know? rocks. Give me a styrofoam. You don't just peanut. want somebody to like. Yeah, you don't want to like a like the UPS guy to come up and just like empty it. Like he's got a, both his hands are just full of marbles, <laughs> and he just drops them on your porch and walks away. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Or I uh, imagine like uh like all those meal meal delivery services without packaging. They just show up and they just like just like drop a handful of like beets on your <laughs> on your doorstep and walk away. It's a good time, yeah. Um yeah, oh shit. The birthdays where you just like how could you tell if a toy is new or not at your birthday if someone's just giving you one of their old toys? Yeah, you would think that there's gotta be we gotta have packaging. What the fuck would we do without it? It's true. Yeah, and I mean clothes. Clothes are just basically packaging for the person. Yeah, for a person. Damn, dude. And words are just packaging for thoughts. Damn. Holy shit! You love packaging. You've been a package boy all your life. Um, Ev, I actually do have. Uh, something. We all have. We all I, have. I, I have something here for you. Is that um, what we do? Uh, uh, we're on Pinecast, and Pinecast just got this new thing called podcast reviews. Usually, we can't see our reviews from other countries. But Pinecast has uh, unlocked them for us. So oh, I'm seeing fuck. reviews from June 6th, 2018 from Canadians. Can I read a review? I, I've... Oh, no, please don't. This is going to suck. <laughs> Finally, a podcast about a good band for a change. I was going for sarcasm, but I'm a huge BNL nerd. Oh, that's from Dillarama Music. Gave us five out of five stars. Thank you, Dillarama. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Every, we've gotten four reviews from Canada, and they've all been five out of five stars. Emily KMB. I've been expecting, yeah, I've been expecting like the Canadians to come to come come at us, but they've been Canadians have been genial and friendly. They've been the best. I mean, I hate to I hate to stereotype, but Canadians are great people. <laughs> they, they they fucking rock. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, Emily KMB says very good boys. Love these boys. <laughs> <laughs> what a great review. Uh, I'm just going to read them all. You couldn't find a better podcast about BNL if you tried. The hosts are lovable dorks. Their guests are top notch. And sometimes it feels nice to hear people acknowledge how great this dumb band is by Victor Hunter. Five out of five. A hilarious romp through the BNL catalog. As a longtime BNL fan, it's fun to hear these two guys often ridiculous takes on the songs. I literally LOL at least once per episode. Oh, oh no. I'll be sticking with this podcast at least through Blam. this is zuck in canada's final album goodbye zuck we're gonna miss you bye zuck (laughs) ebo uh thank you for your uh heartfelt packaging um inspirational words i appreciate them um i guess that's it reviews are just reviews are just packaging for opinions (laughs) can't argue with that what you just said is packaging for what you felt that's that's what you said before when you said words are packaging for fuck i yeah God damn it. One week is just packaging for days, and days are just packaging for hours, and hours are just packaging for minutes, and minutes are just packaging for seconds. Keep going. And we can just Keep take this going. as deep as you want to go. I'm ready. Seconds are just packaging for, for milliseconds, and milliseconds are just packaging for heptoseconds, and heptoseconds are just packaging for nanoseconds, and nanoseconds are just packaging for femtoseconds, and femtoseconds <laughs> are just packaging for uh, uh, microbes, <laughs> and it comes all the way back oh, around. No, Evan's head just.
just blew up over Skype. Well, for me and him both, we'll get him repaired. We'll see you again in one week. What week one? Hope he's back. Hi, I'm Theo, and this is LGB Time Machine, an LGBTQ history podcast. In each episode, I'll research and then discuss a topic or time period or person that's relevant to LGBTQ history, and hopefully this will encourage more people to look into our history. So far, I've done a broad overview of the persecution of LGBTQ folks in the U.S., talked about the homophile movement, the Lavender Scare, LGBTQ bars, and looked at some of the riots and events leading up to and including Stonewall. Tune in to the Orange Groves Network to learn some cool facts about LGBTQ history that you might not have known before.